Good morning, church family. Um, I'm so, yeah, you can wave um, since I can't actually see you smiling, but I know you are. Um, I'm so thankful uh, to be here this morning, thankful that we get to be together in person. Um, I was really hoping that I wouldn't have to speak to an empty room or just to the camera. And so I'm just really grateful for this opportunity. Um, again, I may not have met you yet. We may not have actually shaken hands or physically come into contact yet. And so I was really excited to get this opportunity as we're in this season of transition and transformation to get to speak with you a little bit today. Um, if you've forgotten, we're in our, our series on life verses. And so just want to tell you a little bit about myself and about my heart and about my journey with the Lord. But before we get into that, um, I just want to speak to... Um, what Nancy had spoken to earlier, we were talking together as a staff this week and just realizing um, that family is such a big deal here at Fourth and that we are a family. And so um, we recognize um, as Christians that we live in this tension of the both and, right? Um, we can hold joy, both joy and sorrow at the same time. And we just wanted to be reminded um, for those of you that in this season, um, in this process, that you still may be hurting, you still may be grieving um, and miss and, and not understanding where we are. And so we just want to say today that we haven't forgotten about you, um, that we love you, we hear you, we see you. Um, but we can also hold that with the both and of also those who are really excited and anticipation and hopeful and expectant about those things. And so we just want to say wherever you are, um, is in this journey that we are family together. And so we just wanted to say that we love you and we're excited about this season of discernment and prayer together. Um, and the shepherds of this church um, and the staff of this church just want you to know that we are with you and we love you. Um, and so please be processing with us through this, process with each other. I know it's sometimes difficult because we aren't together. Um, but please, just wherever you're at in that journey, um, be talking about it with somebody um, and be sharing with them where you're at um, as we go forward and as we are anticipating what the Lord has for us as a family here at Fourth. Um, so I just want to pray again before we get started this morning, and I just want to thank you so much for all of those who have prayed for me this week. I've truly felt your prayers um, this is a humbling experience for me. I'm really excited to get to speak with you today um, and get to share the word of the Lord. Um, and Melinda was praying with me before, and I said, I believe that. The word of the Lord does not come back empty. And so it doesn't matter who's up here standing. It matters what the Lord is doing and what the Holy Spirit is doing in each one of you. And so um, I just want us to pray together. Um, and if you want to, just extend your hands out in front of you, palms up, just to invite the Spirit, invite the Lord to speak to you personally, because we have a personal God. We have an intimate God who has something for each person today. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, Father, Jesus, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be gathered as your church, as your body. Thank you so much for this season that we're in of Advent, um, talking about joy today. And Father, I pray that we would just know that. Sometimes we get to feel it, but I pray that today we would know the joy of being yours, of living a life of worship, and being together as a family. 
pray and trust, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to each person within the sound of my voice. And Father, that it would be your words and glory to you and you alone, because none of us would be here without you. And we're just so grateful. Speak to us today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so I wanted to share a little bit about a life of worship. And so some of you, when you hear that word worship, we probably have some kind of association to it, right? Um, you probably have some experience with it or some thought about maybe what it means to you in your life or about how you've seen it play out in your walk with the Lord. And so I wanted to ask a few of our students this past week. Um, and so I asked them, I said, when you hear the word worship, what comes to your mind? What do you think of? And so I want you guys to be thinking about that too. And you may even hear something um, in these statements that resonates with you or that um, echoes for you. So they said, it's the freedom to praise God in many different ways. It's a feeling as well as an action. It's so much more than singing. You can worship the Lord in everything you do. Dance, football, running, cleaning, schoolwork, conversations. If you are living your life for him, you are worshiping him every second. It means to bring him glory in more ways than you can imagine. It's a personal thank you for everything that God has done for us. It's praising God through everything you say, think, and do. It's giving thanks and glory to God, showing him how much we love and appreciate him. It's giving up time to sing and praise God and focus everything on the Lord. It helps me reconnect with God and makes it easier to feel his presence and get closer to him. We all have experience, um, again, with this word, um, but I want to kind of expand on this today and dig in um, to some scripture and share just how this has impacted me, and it's been something that really has been a journey, um, and it's going to continue to be a journey, right? Until we meet the Lord face to face, we're always going to be growing in our knowledge and our relationship with Him. And so like one of them said, it's so much more than singing, right? Um, we've started uh, putting that word worship in with like praise and singing, but worship is a way of life. Um, and so I want to invite you into that this morning. And one of the reasons that this kind of flows into my life first is that it's something that I grew up around. Um, my parents who are here this morning, over here, Roger and Linda Fox, super excited for them to be here. Um, and if you haven't met me yet, um, or if you have and you're like, huh, she is an odd bird, or there's some weird things going on there, I was like, I'm so glad y'all are here today because you can just go talk to them and it'll be a lot more clear um, about any interaction that you've had with me um, because I, I'm a really good blend of both of them. Um, but I was so thankful to grow up in a Christian home, um, somewhere that worship was modeled for me. It wasn't just a Sunday thing. It wasn't just a Wednesday thing. Um, it was truly a way of life in my household, and specifically with my mom, um, I loved to sing, and I grew up going with her um, to revivals, and they would sing at the fair and sing all these places um, about Jesus, and I remember thinking, I love this. This is worship, um, but what I loved more was it wasn't just the praising. It wasn't just the singing. It was what was going on behind the scenes that was an overflow of her singing, her praising, her worship. 
Um, and so it wasn't uncommon to see her in the mornings reading scripture, to see her in the evenings reading scripture, for us to pray together as a family at the table or when something was going on, um, for us to talk about the Lord when we were just walking around. Um, some things I was really embarrassed as a kid. Um, I would have my friends over for a sleepover or something, and my mom, um, in her vibrant life of worship, um, she just didn't care who was around. It was really between her and the Lord, and sometimes she would just talk to him out loud. Um, she'd be washing dishes at the sink, and she would just be like, oh, Lord, I'm just so thankful for the rain that you've given today. And I was like, what is happening? Um, you know, I would go over to my friends' houses, and none of their parents were doing stuff like that. And my friends would come over, and, you know, we'd be in the kitchen, and they'd be like, who's your mom talking to? And I was like... I don't know. Uh, I don't really know. Or we'd be walking at the park and she would just say, oh, thank you, Lord, for the breeze. Thank you for the flowers. And it wasn't a conversation with me. It was a conversation with her and the Lord happening. But it was because she lived a life of worship. It was an every day, every part of everything that she did. And so even sometimes today, I still get embarrassed. We'll go into a restroom or something, and she'll just be singing, like, bless the Lord. And I'm like, people are probably like, who is in the bathroom? Um, but I'm really thankful. Even on the days when it embarrasses me, I'm like, that is a life of worship that is unashamed. But it's also showing people what it means to worship, what it looks like to really worship because we can all think of maybe um, even people that don't go to church we can think they may worship something right we all worship something and some people you know because of uh, the team colors that they wear some people you know because of where they always go to eat some people you know because it's that person or thing that they're always talking about and so sometimes our lives project this this idea of worship but it's not towards the Lord it's towards something else. And don't we want to be people that they know who we worship because of where we go, how we talk, what we do, what we're passionate about. That's what we want to display in our life of worship. And so I want to dig into this. Mark read um, some from Psalm 100 earlier, but I wanted to read it with you in a different translation this morning. It's the Passion Translation um, and it really does just exude passion. That's why I love it. But it says this, lift up a great shout of joy to the Lord. Go ahead and do it. Everyone, everywhere, as you see him, be glad and worship him. Sing your way into his presence with joy and realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping the Lord our God. For he is our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. I love that. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For the Lord is always good and ready to receive you. He's so kind and loving that it will amaze you. So kind that it will astound you. And he is famous for his faithfulness toward all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted for he keeps his promises to every generation. Oh, doesn't that make you want to live a life of worship? If the Lord and his attributes and his word don't make you want to worship, I don't know what will. Um, but I want to go back to verse 3. 
Um, in the, ver- the verse, version that Mark read, it says, Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And I believe that that's the crux of the life of worship. It's about knowing who God is, knowing who our creator and our father and our savior is. But when we truly know who he is, not only does that cause us to overflow with a life of worship, but it lets us know who we are. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture, the sheep of his hand, or the people of his pleasure, as it says. So when we really know who God is, we can know who we are. And that sets us up for living a life of worship. I mean, something that's been difficult about this year is, again, sometimes we've thought that coming to the building is worship, right? And it is a form of that. Um, But we've been challenged this year because we can't say, well, I was going to church so people know who I worship, right? It had to be that lifestyle at home, that digging into scripture, that praying and talking with him, singing his praises when you're at the kitchen sink or when you're walking along with your kids. Because we took a lot of walks in quarantine, right? Like that was the only way to get out of your house. I like loved walks (laughs) over the past six months more than I ever have. Um, But it was okay, is this my life of worship? Am I truly worshiping, even if I can't go to the building, even if I can't gather with other believers? Yes, you can, because you can know that the Lord is God, and you can know that you are his children. And I love this because not only does it show um, to us that we're living a life of worship, but it speaks to other people around us, whether it's the people in your own household, and so important, I am a product of my household and watching a life of worship. So it matters what you do in the four walls of your home, but it also matters when we're at Walmart or when we're going somewhere or when we're just out on a walk and we may see somebody and we get to maybe show them what a life of worship looks like. Um, We get to teach them who our God is and who they are because when we know who we are in him, we have a life of purpose. This life of worship also comes with a purpose, and that's not only to glorify him in everything that we say, think, or do, but it's to tell others, hey, there is a God like we sang about, and our lives can tell that. Our lives can tell other people that they have a father, they have a creator, and that they are his child. They are his sheep, and their life has a purpose because they get to live for him and they get to bring others in and isn't that the life we want to live guys that's the life I want to live um, and I know you do too and so one of my other verses that I love to go to is John 15 um, and I love it because this is Jesus speaking and I love Jesus because um, he never lets us really be surprised right we may be surprised by some things that he does but he is always telling us what's going to happen Here's what you can expect. Here's what's coming in um, this life of the Lord. Um, And I love it because not only was he God, right? He showed us what God looks like, what God sounds like, where he would have gone, what he would have done. But as a human, as that part of him, he showed us how to keep connected with the Father, how to sustain this life of worship. And so in John 15, this is what he says. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. 
He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you, so remain or abide, maybe as you've read, in me, and I will remain in you. And no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. And such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. So if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be given to you. And this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Don't you love Jesus? He doesn't leave us alone and say, go figure it out. You have a God. Go figure out how to worship him, how to live for him. No, he tells us exactly how to do it. You have to stay connected and remain in the vine. You have to abide with the Lord. And that means in in person, in private, and in public. Um, That means in connecting with the scripture and in connecting with people. Um, Again, Jesus was God made flesh. And so he did all these things, right? He modeled us what remaining in the vine looks like. He took time to get away and be with his father, right? Even when people were like, Jesus, they need you. He said, I've got to go be with my father. We've got to do the same thing. He actually went to synagogue. He went to church. That was a part of his, um, his practice. And so that is a model for us too. And again, praise God that we're able to gather today. Um, he loved people, right? He served people. He called out the God image in people. He told people what their purpose was. Come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. This is how we remain connected. This is how we thrive in a life of worship, remaining connected with the vine. And what's beautiful is that as a community, when we get to be together, um, we get to help each other do this, right? Um, We get to say, hey, I've seen, man, you're bearing fruit. This is amazing. Thank you for your life of worship. Or sometimes, hopefully, you have that community that can say, hey, I've kind of noticed that You know, um, you haven't talked really about the Lord lately. I haven't heard anything about your prayer life. I haven't heard you talking about being in the scripture. I haven't really seen you serving. Are you really connected to the vine right now in this season of your life? And hopefully we have that community that can be the both and. um, But it's through sustaining the connection with the vine that keeps us in this life of worship. Isn't that amazing that he tells us? Sometimes I think we think he's just up there trying to let us figure it out on his own, on our own. And sometimes we do get to learn and we have to experience things. But he tells us, if you want to live a life of worship, you can do nothing apart from me. I think we forget that sometimes. And so a life of worship stays connected to the life-giving vine. Um, But something that we can't forget about um, is that we also have an enemy, right? 
Um, again, that's one of the other things that Jesus didn't let us guess about. He said, you have an enemy, and he's roaring like a lion, and he is seeking people to devour. And I don't say that to scare you. He didn't say that to scare us. He just told us that so we would be aware that we have an enemy. Since the very beginning, the liar was telling people somebody else to worship. He's lying to you. This is not the way. There's a better way. And it's always a lie, right? No matter if it was eat this fruit or go there or do this, it's always a lie. He's always promising us something that's never going to fulfill, that's never going to happen. And so he says here in Matthew 4, 8 through 10, this is when Jesus was led into into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. And Satan comes to tempt him. So if you're like, I'm good. I'm living a life of worship. There's no way Satan's going to come tempt me. He was ignorant, I'm going to say that enough, to go and try to tempt the Son of God about his life of worship. And so this is what he says. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. He just says it plainly. Um, He doesn't try to trick him. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So again, I say that to say this morning that um, to remember, I think sometimes, and I know this for me and I don't know about you, but I thought when I gave my life to Christ, I thought, oh, everything's going to be smooth sailing from here. I'm never going to be tempted. I'm I'm always going to have good things coming to me. Um, And for some reason, that was just the way I thought. Um, I don't know if I heard that in church, so I definitely didn't hear it at home. Um, Or maybe that was from my friends, but I just thought, oh, well, this is never going to happen to me. But then as I've walked and as I've learned, um, we do. We have an enemy that wants to take our worship away. And sometimes it's not this blunt. Sometimes you don't have Satan right in your face saying, come and worship me, right? But it's in the form of, oh, you don't have to go to church today. Oh, you don't have to get into the scriptures today. Just continue binging Netflix. You don't have to talk to the Lord today. It's okay. He'll understand. And before we know it, that just takes us farther and farther away, and we get disconnected from the branch, right? And we can kind of see it. We can kind of see us leading away, and we start looking, and we say, what is my life saying that I worship right now? Is it me, my schedule, my pleasures, things that I want? Or is it connected to the vine? Is it worshiping and serving the Lord and being about his business? So again, I say that to you today, not to scare you, but for you to be aware that we have somebody else that wants to take our life of worship and divert it to the enemy. And it can happen like that. So that's another important reason for us to not only be connected to the vine, but be connected to each other in spiritual community so we can say, hey, I kind of see this happening. And again, that's not always fun. It's not fun to be pruned, like he says, but it's necessary for us to know if we are still connected, to know if we are still remaining connected um, with him. And so I don't want you to be uh, surprised when you're uh, being tempted to worship something or someone, or really uh, the enemy's like anything else or anyone else to worship. Um, and so that's, an, that's the reason we've got to stay connected. We've got to stay connected 
um, to each other in this life. And um, I wanted to end with another psalm. Uh, I love the psalms. They're just really personal, really reflective. Um, they just have a lot of situations and emotions. And so um, if you have maybe like gotten out of uh, reading your scripture, man, go back to Psalms. It's really beautiful to see all the connections. Um, and this is Psalm 95, 6, and 7. And it just comes back to what does um, a life of worship look like? What does our posture, not only our physical posture sometimes, but our posture of our life. And it says, um, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Don't you want that to be your posture in life? surrendered and submitted to Jesus because he is worthy of our bowing. He is worthy of our submission. He is worthy of our surrender. And he is worthy of a life of adoration. Isn't he worthy? He is because he's our creator. He's our maker. He's our father. And we are his people. We are his creation. And he loves us. He created us. And he has a purpose for us. And it's to live a life of worship to him. And don't you know, as a father, it just pleases his heart to look down and say, yeah, I see her. I see him living a beautiful life of worship to me. I pray that excites you. I pray it encourages you this morning, wherever you're at on your walk with the Lord. Because um, again, he's really personal. He's really intimate. He speaks to us. We are his children. And I don't have kids of my own yet, but you that are parents, or maybe if you have kids in your life, you know that not all of your kids are the same. They're all different. You all have to speak to them differently. You have to do things differently with each one of them. And it's the same with us. And so you could look at another person's life of worship and think, well, my life's not a life of worship if it doesn't look like that. And that's not true. That's another lie of the enemy. We are all individual children. And so, yes, we can be encouraged by looking at each other's life, but we don't ever need to say, oh, I want to be just like that because they're already doing it. You've got to worship in your own way. And so we can be encouraged by each other, but don't let the enemy trick you into saying, I need to be worshiping like that. He wants your individual personal worship because it pleases his heart. It delights the Father to see his children living a life of worship to him. And so I want to invite the worship team to come back up. And as we get ready to sing this last song, um, again, I just want you to, to ask the Lord, you know, where are you? Maybe you're here today and you're like, well, I don't know anything about this life of worship. Um, and you want to invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life and you want to submit and surrender to him. And if that is the case, praise God, find somebody to talk to, um, find somebody that you know and trust that's already walking this road of worship and ask them what that means. And maybe today you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh, I have been tempted. I have been lured away 
into worshiping something else. And so maybe while we're singing this next song, you just need to have a moment with the Lord and say, I want to come back and surrender and submit my life to you. Make me passionate again. Draw me to you. Draw me to your presence. Help me to remain in you and abide in you. And so wherever you're at this morning, I just pray um, that as we sing and, and praise the Lord in this next song, that you would let him um, speak to you and work through you. Um, and again, as his child, show you what's next for you. Um, so let's sing together.